Welcome to Accounting High. I'm Melissa McCarg. Do you how much money she's made on my ideas? I I had already I came up with the boss. I came up with when she took her kid back to college. I I had all. So here's what mark my words. Stepsisters just gonna make money because stepbrothers was so funny. I love to solve the problem. Like I feel like I'm a an accounting cop. Like I'm doing mm. instead of blood spatter, I'm dealing with number splatter. Now, this is a Melissa McCarthy movie, right? Class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session, it's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, kids, do you like operations? It's Wednesday, accounting high, talking systems and processes, talking shop about operational balance. Balances, accounting, workbench to workflow challenges, huh? hybrid teams for Pete's sake. I'm trying to manage through screens, but I can't figure out what Zoom windows my next Come meeting. On. And Dr. K says, Acuity uses EOS. Uh-huh. Entrepreneurial operating system. Well, since 2012, my firm's been in the cloud. Join us as we go deep. I'll try not to run it to the ground. We're sharing profit and loss and managing back office. Attack staff just quit. Tried to hire on LinkedIn. No luck. And scope creep team count cast. Automate tax, compliance transactions, ID and bottlenecks. Come on, Ops. Scotty, wait a minute. It's my firm, dog. I know, and I said you could run it however you want. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi. Introducing the star of our show Scott Scarano, Jason Ackerman We're going to have a problem here That's cool So Ackerman, I'm congratulations do- Is that your last name? Yes I love that because that's what people call me Brolin for the most part So I love it your team, Brolin. You have a whole team around. And a whole you. team. Yeah, that is. So yeah, you've dope. got like jerseys. If we had a softball team with my team, we would lose by so much. Like it would actually be demoralizing. <laughs> it would be the opposite of team building. It would be like <laughs> team destroying. Well, Don, where are you located? I'm in Connecticut, Wyndham, Connecticut. Okay, I thought I so based on your accent. My accent? I have a yeah. Accent. I knew you're from the Northeast. You just you just have that it's, like personality. It, it, Connecticut of, like, doesn't really have me. an accent. Like it's I, the I don't want to say so New mean. England. <laughs> Does it New England? Like, is that the accent that you give it? No, it's but, more of the attitude than the accent. It's the don't fuck with me attitude, which I love. That's exactly what it is. And, it, and yeah, it Don means accent. business, though. Yeah, I like, don't mess around. Like, listen, I will be your best friend, and I will take care of you. I will do whatever it takes to take care of you. You with me once <laughs> it's it's a, you're dead you're just dead yeah you're, right you know listen the new england people do not mess with us just don't it's just simple you know we are we are the most loyal people but you just cross that line one time and it's like you're out so of the nest here's i read this recently the difference between nice and kind right people from the west coast are nice but mm-hmm. people from the east coast that we're talking about are kind because they don't you like nice yes. is just Oh, this is great. Oh, good job. And you really mean this, like I'm running away. And then somebody else would just tell you how it is. It'll hurt in the moment, but it's kind mm-hmm. because it's helping you grow. Exactly. So I think That's that no bullshit approach is test. Yeah. Growers. growers. We don't have a lot of crops, but we're growers. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Do you find that your clients have the same attitude that you have? I don't. Now, some of them, not many, you know, like a good handful, which I like the direct approach. Like, just tell me what's up. Like, if I jack something up or missed a deadline that you asked for something and just like come right at me, guess the first thing I want to do is make it right, you know, because we're not, yeah. no one's perfect. So, you know, we make mistakes. And then really at the end of the day, it's just getting it right for them and moving on. And then the ones, like you were saying, that are nice, the kind people can roll right over them. So I always try to be like a little bit more sensitive about that. You know, and realize like 
the clients aren't going to be the way I am. My staff isn't going to be the way I am. Right. So, you know, it's so funny. We have, we have a meeting starting in January. We meet every Monday at 10. And so today was our first, obviously first meeting of the year. And it was like, okay, so we're getting ready for 1099s, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, okay, each of you reach out to your client directly, blah, blah, blah. And then if they are not responding to you, then you let Tracy know. And then if they're not responding to her, they bring in the hammer. <laughs> and and it just, that's how it works, you know, around here. It's like, they know, if the client hears from me, they know that they've not done something right. So what do you do if a client continuously like doesn't give you what, hold up their end of the bargain? Yeah, we're firing them. I'm not being a babysitter. I already have two kids and a husband. I babysit as much <laughs> as I possibly can in that realm, right? So I don't want to say I'm demanding, but I'll only give you a handful of tries there. You know, it's like, like I know if a person had a baby, for instance, we had a client who just had a baby. We know that he's kind of distracted. All right, we could deal with that, right? For periods of time, but not through the relationship entirely. You're not allowed to just flake out. And like I, you know, I said to the team today, I'm like, listen, these people are business owners. They got to be big boys and big girls. Otherwise, go get a job. Like if you yeah. can't handle yeah. running your business and we'll do the best we can to support Well, they'll get fired them. from a job. They, if they and, don't respond and they don't get the person, the information they need to get, they're going to get fired there too. So you're yeah. almost like, you know, the, the responsible adult here. We yeah. need your information. Give it to us. We just oh, have somebody I, now, you know, what if somebody paid you up front and they never got you there? Are you yeah. going to refund them when they when you finally don't? Yeah, this is what I'm, this is what I'm dealing with right now. Like my management team, I said, you know what, are we going to really refund them? He's asking for his money back. He's like, I, I, you guys haven't done anything and I'm not going to get it to you. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know how to handle it. I might just keep two grand of it and give him the rest. Yeah. Just so you have a PIA fee. Everyone should have it. You yeah, know, that's it. It's that's, like, you know, they're trying to attach it to some work, but the work was trying to get his for a whole year. Right. <laughs> yeah. We had a client too. We had a client that we did a really big job and, and he was five years worth of books that were done by someone else. But then the, QBO file got deleted. Never heard of that before. There was just nothing. They had four entities, people being paid in the wrong states, like an absolute train wreck. Like, I can't believe that these people are in business, but whatever. So we, <laughs> we like put people on it. And he sent us 20 boxes. It's an adult. It was an adult toy store, if you know what I mean. Word. And um, so he sent like 20 boxes of stuff. We found some pretty amazing things, you know, between pills or pictures of blow up dolls, stuff like that. Really weird. Anyway, we got it all organized. We got him and he's in an IRS criminal audit also. So, you know, we're coming. I got, I'm like, I've got every I dotted T crossed. We've got every work paper for every transaction. Like we went crazy and it was about $160,000 we did in a year. And it, but we had people just on that. Cause this guy, I don't want this guy to go to jail. Well, he called up and he was just the nastiest person. He would send threatening emails, started sending threatening emails and calls and all this stuff. And I said, you're done. We're, your money is not important to me. But the way you treat me and my staff, that's more important to me. So you know what? You're, you're all done. And that's, that's so true. The money just, it's not always about the money. We have to make money. Got to pay our people. Got to pay for our family. Get that. But I'm never going to be treated like that in a way that we were going above and beyond, working extra hours, just doing whatever it took to get him in a good place. And we're like just done. You know, people are creatures of habit too. Sometimes they say they want to change and yep. they give you all these promises the next year. I'm going to do everything different. And they fall into the same thing. And a lot of these people, you could figure this out early on too and mm -hmm. save yourself a lot of later headache and just yep. tr do a better job of filtering them out of your process. You know, no doubt. Like it, they won't be bothered to fill out your type form. And in, in my case, you know, they're not going to be bothered to fill out anything later. Um, exactly. Which is so. why Scott, it's such a, that's a, and a, and a great part of the, your processes. And I think that this is where a lot of people miss your processes are in place for a reason, because if I send you a DocuSign form for you to give us initial information and you don't fill it out exactly what you're saying, Scott, I already know if Tracy's had to call you two or three times, we are done. Like this isn't going to work. And that's why those processes are in place, partially because we need to gather the information. But part of it is, can they fill out a DocuSign document? Okay, if they can't, they're not doing bookkeeping. I can tell you that right now. They don't have their papers in order. Like 
So why do I want to party with that person? I don't, <laughs> you know? Well, you might want to party with them if they're coming to you yeah. with a bunch of sex toys and pills. <laughs> like you could go party with them. They're just not going to be a client. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, uh, um, you walked into that one. What do you think yeah. is your most important process you have at the firm? I think for us, our, well, so our ta- in our tax process, I send quotes to every client. Every new client that comes in, they get a quote because I charge by the form. I don't, sure. and I don't mess around. Right. It's like, here you go. This is your price. You don't like it. Sorry. So I love the fact that we send those quotes, which is also the engagement letter. So they're accepting the engagement and that at the same time. And then going from that point pushes an invoice rate to QBO. So when I'm done with the return, I process it. We also collect payment information up front. We will not touch anyone's work without that. I'm not relying on the client when I send them an invoice for them to go pay for it. No. The deal is when I'm done with your return, I send you an 8879 and a copy of the invoice. And as soon as you initial that sucker, I'm processing payment and then I'm filing your return after the payment's accepted. That's probably mm. my like my favorite. And you use Prax like, Ignition? I've I'm starting to look at that. Right now I use Quotient, which is Quotient, some yeah. I only heard of it because of product. you on your um yeah, but it's on your um like we can talk yeah. about that too. You have an yeah. entire app stack publicized. I do. Um, so to clear everything up, you are a CPA, right? You've written Correct. two books. Don is a legit published author. You have over 10,000 followers on Twitter. I don't know how many yep. others and other platforms, but Don is a, over. you know, Don has a megaphone. Like she's a speaker. Legit before celebrity. Like, I think she's a legit speaker before she is check. a firm owner, but she's also, yeah, yeah, she's a blue check. That's what she is. Yeah, a blue silhouetted check. I love it. Don is verified. This is like the verified designated motivator here. Oh my goodness. This is so, sounds so fancy. I wonder when she's going to get here. This is the <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said to we anybody. So Don, how many people do you have at your firm? Three plus me. Three, Three plus, okay. me. plus me. So, so four you're people a, you're, total. You're a quartet. I'm a court. We are a quartet. We're quadruplets or something but you like have that. A, but so when you say the three is it also your partners or is that your your portion of the firm no partners oh wow okay so did that oh twice. so this is new you did oh. yes because the last time i heard you on a podcast you actually had like three people you were working with like as, as a collective yep. almost what happened with that yeah we just it, it worked out better so they're more of a bookkeeping firm and okay. data processing data you know transferring data from one app to another that kind of stuff and I'm, you know, the CPA with the tax work and things like that. And so they wanted to kind of dip their toes in the tax world, but it just, you know, in the tax world, there's just, there's certain ways you have to run your firm. Like it's, some things are not optional because the person owns the license, not the firm, right? Of course, if you have a firm license, that's a whole different thing, but we're just talking a CPA who's doing the tax returns responsible for everything that happens with tax. And I think that just the difference in, security wise and things like that. Just, I'm just setting my ways and I'm not going to budge on it no matter what. So I think we just, we didn't work well in the company together, but we are, we are still recommending and referring back and forth. So if I get, you know, a big bookkeeping job, I don't want to do it. I send it to them and they send me the tax referral. So it's a, it's a, it was a really good amicable separation and kind of breakup. It just made more sense for each of us to kind of run with what we did best. And so we still, we still collaborate, but. Yeah, but it's, I, I always, I got worried because you would be on there like defending it. And I'm just like, this doesn't sound like a good situation here. It's, like this, the way that you would talk about, we share yeah. this and this, but we all keep our billing separate. We all bill like our clients Oh, that's directly. a different like, thing. Oh, that's different. Do you still do that? I still, yeah, that's um, Anderson, oh, Roland, okay. and Coba. So we do have a CPA firm with the three of us. This was a separate okay. deal. Oh, yeah, right. no, so well, the three th- of us- So explain sh- this, defend this then, because I just tra- oh, I will. it a little bit. Yeah, you tra- You're kind of trash coming at me, but I'm coming right back at you, Scott. <laughs> yeah. So right. um, no, so what happened was, so back in 2011, April 1st, 2011, it was about six years, three months and four hours that I was in a different partnership. And I walked away from that six year- commitment. And I learned a lot about things. I learned a lot from the other CPAs in the firm. And that was, that part was good, but I also learned who I didn't want to be at the Mm. same time. So when I left that firm, one of my biggest things was I wanted to work remotely because I had two young kids at the time. They were younger and I wanted to be able to do some remote work. And, you know, 2011, it still wasn't popular. 
You know, you need right. to be in the office and blah, 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 whatever. They call you a lifestyle, like a boutique. Yes, I, um, exactly. Yeah. You want to have a lifestyle firm. Well, yeah, go off and do that. They're not going to promote that. Yeah, they're not going to part. They're not going to participate yeah. in that. And so I said, bye-bye. And I knew like, so at that point I went on my own and I wanted to be able to prepare taxes. And my old, a former coach of mine, actually, his brother's a CPA and we've known each other for a long time. And he said, well, listen, what if you help us with QuickBooks and technology and all this stuff, we'll help you with as far as, you know, tax, if I have questions, whatever, bouncing off each other. So we joined it. We, we, you know, put a firm together, the three of us, we split the cost for tax prep software the website, this, the I, like. License, I like this stuff. Yeah, this is cool. The insurance, all that we put into this firm, we all contribute it into it. And then we step away and we, we all share the tech with Cirque software. So like, let's just say I'm like, I don't really, I want, I'm having trouble finding out how, figuring out how to put, I just make it up a disposal of a property, whatever it may be. Well, you and created say, your own little community of knowledge base and yes. shared resources. And exactly. I love that. That's actually, that I, I wasn't even talking about it. I just wanted to hear about it. I didn't know you were not doing You are still doing that, which I, I think am is still doing so that. Awesome. Yeah. And it's like for it's a group of firms, like a group of friends, they could all get together, share resources, because a lot of people don't see that as a, we're competitors, right? Like, right. you know, people would see others in a lot of cases, me growing up, I just, that's what I heard when I talked to other firm owners. They don't want to share information. They don't want to share resources because everybody's a competitor if you're not right. working at my firm or at my. Right place. Right. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. We just, we just decided we wanted to have that collaboration and we, we were, I mean, I just paid the bill for 2022 tax season upcoming. And it was like for between each of us, it was around $4,000 a partner. We just, everybody yeah. just put their, their money in the kitty and we're up and running. And, you know, I look at it that, Hey, listen, if I, maybe I can't do this tax return. Maybe I found, I stumbled into something and I can send over to Lisa or Keith say, Hey, listen, I've never done whatever this may be. Can you guys mm -hmm. help me out? They can jump into the return, finish it for me, even review it. If I'm like, you know what? Can you just review this return? I feel like I might have missed something, whatever. And now we have that collaboration and we go back to our, on our own. And I pay them if they help me with something. Okay. I pay so that's them. a, but that's important too, right? As, as far yep. as relationships, some people will, will think they're getting taken advantage of if, mm -hmm. you know, one person is being the one sidedness of that. And so to see that there's right. a, um, a monetary compensation because everybody's getting paid. We're all doing this for a living too. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. It's, yeah. It's like, I don't want cool. their, I don't want their advice for free. That's not, yeah. that's not right. You know? And so we, we figured out how it works. If it's a quick little question here and there and we've, but we, we really just work real well together and everybody's on the same page and we're all, you know, listen, if I want to work more, I get paid more. If I want to work less, I'll get paid less or whatever, but there's no burden on, any one of us to watch each other's work or do any of that kind of stuff. It's like, well, we're just and you're doing everything on a fixed fee. That's what you said. Like you're, you're yep. pricing things up front more or less because you know the services and it's all comes down to compliance. I think at least with me, I don't know how yeah. you price everything, but it's easiest to price something that somebody has to do and then price it high enough that you can do the stuff that they want to do too. And then, exactly. you know, attach it to other products and other things that, that makes it easier for you to manage everything you're doing, because you know, if I'm going to do 10 returns, I know how much I'm getting paid for those. I know how much I'm going to make for that. You know, you can dive in and out of the work if you want. It's like seasonality for you. So exactly. And it's like, you know, with the, I love for the fixed fees, like my lowest tax return is 435. I had somebody come in a new client last, those either last week before, right? For a that's individual cheap. return. Come on. Come Tom. on. I thought you would be doing better than that. Well, Are that's you doing a, that return? That's a W2 in, in uh, yeah, two know. states. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Well, that's a piece of cake. Yeah. Those are. I mean, those what's are your lowest? Nine fifty. Nice. Ooh. I don't. Yeah. As my as my dad says, we don't pick up our pencil for less than nine fifty. Nice. So, I like it. We don't. Yeah. Well, we don't have pencils. But I wish we did. I, I well, it's a metaphorical it. pencil. Okay. Well. I, so now it's an I'm, Apple I'm, pencil. I'm resigned to. It is an Apple pencil. I got. I got a few extras. Anybody wants one? So. We're just doing monthly engagements now. I don't even think I'm pricing individual returns on yeah. any way. It's just, you know, now it's like I, I see the light. We can work with clients on a much deeper level if we right. structure it as a year round, you know, so. Yeah, that's yeah a, no, that makes that's sense. So we, we've, uh, so this client that came in, she brought me, you know, I they always have to give me the prior two, three year returns, depending on what they have. She brings it in. I take a look at the back of it. 
look at the, always look at the invoice. I mean, how do you not look at the invoice? I just am curious what, <laughs> right. how much, how much pain Absolutely. am I going to infuse into this client in the next five minutes? And so I looked, the guy's invoice was $170. <sighs> I'm like, what are you? And you know, the package all stapled It's a disservice. Yeah. It's a it, disservice it costs them 170 to just do the package. <laughs> well, and you know why? Because they hand write, they handwrite at the top. They have the they have those packets where you write the name and the tax yeah. at the top. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, so Look, I told man, her like we used to have that too. Like I at my office, I don't know if we charged 170 for a return, but I know they used to be cheap. I know we used to do a lot of returns. Oof. I mean, how much? How many returns do you guys print? So we we, we don't even have a printer anymore. I don't have a printer or anything ackerman i mean do you print returns still uh, i bet you do you mean client copy yeah stuff? i bet you do yeah i i think we have 80 to 85 percent are digital and then 15 yeah. percent are not digital i charge so, 100 bucks for me to print your return there you go i love yeah. that i want to i want to establish that we have a lot of like I mean, you have to get into smart let's vault, talk about Don. You know? yeah. um, let's talk about Don. Or we're talking talk about to, running a firm. Yeah. So let's talk about Don. I want to know. So your six-year partnership ended and you said you learned some things from it. What, what did you learn from that six-year partnership? So definitely I learned how to be a better tax preparer. Like, I mean, I was told I would never be a tax preparer. Like I wasn't smart enough to do it. I learned a lot about myself in that I was like, okay, I know what kind of person I don't want to be. Like I knew right away, like being kind person and with a mixture of some nice is good, but mean and nasty wasn't like kind of an area I wanted to dive into. So I kind of stayed away from that little, little gem, but they did mm -hmm. teach me a lot about how to run a firm. You know, I learned a lot from them on, well, we used to have, we used to have Monday meetings where we would spend three hours chasing accounts receivable. So I knew I was never going to do that again. Like literally take the freaking AR, usually two pages long, and highlight wow. who's going to call which clients to get paid. Wow. And it's like, so that hence was my process of getting a payment authorization up front and never chasing money. Like that yeah. wasn't going to happen. I learned that I needed to lose today. weight. You did. I, need, I learned I had yeah. to lose weight. Why did you learn that? Or how did you learn that? Well, you look like you've lost some weight. I do. Thank you. Boy, was I fatter yeah. before? Goodness gracious. Yeah, well, this is awkward. You can't say that to somebody without, <laughs> Jason. you know, and I know you're, I know you're kidding, but it's oh, like I on totally the cover am. of one of the books. You look like you lost weight since you took the oh, picture you. of the cover of one of the books. I mean, all that's, right. Honest, Good yeah. for me. I appreciate that, Scott. Yeah. But yeah, so I was, I was told I needed to lose some weight and to maybe get some new clothes and stuff like that, which is all totally fine. I still have one of the shirts though that I wore in a picture. I'll never forget. I still wear it every once in a while just because. Wait, because, wait, 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 wait. Someone told you like, like saying like you needed to look sexier, implying that or like, no, why were just, they saying I, for your health? I apparently looked sloppy in their eyes, which is okay. Fine. So things like that. Like, I just knew I would never That's a bias. say that stuff people to other just people. just have a bias though, right? Yeah. Like, they wanted projecting. you to wear like a, they were wearing yeah. like suits every day. So you needed yeah. to wear like whatever the female equivalent of that is. Yeah. Which is not going to happen. Like I, I did actually put on leggings today. I didn't put leave my sweatpants on. So this is a big dress up day for me. So <laughs> but that's all good. No. So it's just, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm I think wearing a it's, hoodie. You're wearing a hoodie. So, so that was like an old, so it sounds like a very old school, traditional yeah. boys club CPA firm. Yeah. Like, this is how we did it in 1965 when we used to wear top hats. So yes. Just gonna carry it forward. Correct. <laughs> Top yeah. hats and canes everywhere we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what Monocles. I think. What I think is really important, like for people to understand, is like I was really, uh, I I was the one getting the clients, right? So I would do the volunteering at the local chamber, and I would give QuickBooks lessons. I do an hour, like a lunch and learn, and then we get all these referrals of clients that would end up coming to the office. And so, but the fact that I wasn't in my seat all the time because I was out driving around 7 million miles to, to go, went back when we would go to businesses and do their books on site, things like that. And so I think like as a firm, you have to decide what you're willing to accept and what you're not, right? So like, like Nicole never comes to the office almost, I mean, maybe twice a year. She doesn't live far. She lives 20 minutes. Kyle mostly is here. He's here almost all the time. And it's like, 
if you can't accept having a remote worker because you don't know what they're doing, then don't have remote workers. But don't torture that remote worker yeah. because you aren't ready to accept that that's okay. And so I found that my position in that firm was to bring in the clients, not necessarily to be billable, but rather the advertising marketing person. And so I did, I did all the QuickBooks stuff and I could never really reach like a hundred grand in billing because I was always volunteering. I was always doing, yeah. you know, things that weren't getting paid. And now I'm doing you 250, volunteering your time with clients too. Are you like, are you, or are you doing a lot of work with them and just not billing them for it sometimes? Like no, quick question no, was, and yeah. Lots of quick questions. Lots of, and, and you know, the phone would always ring for me. And that I think yeah. got annoying to people. And, and I guess like, I don't need to be in the forefront. I know you probably find that hard to believe, but I'm totally cool with being in the background and being the humper and getting, you know, getting my work done and just billing, billing. I mean, I'm doing easily three, 350 myself yeah. a year now, but that was because the reins came off of me and I was able to go maximize my potential and that kind of stuff. So, you know, you I had think a you paradigm shift too, did. didn't you? A, a bit of a one. paradigm shift and you can see what's possible in this world if you don't have restrictions, right? Yes. And why yeah. would you want to restrict your partner when your partner can do amazing things? Because your right? partner's not like you, right? If they're yeah. not like me, then it's not going to work because they're right. not doing the things I would do. And how could it work? And I'm successful, right? Again, I'm just right. I'm being sarcastic. No, I got you. Yeah, no, it's so true. But I think yeah, that's it. Crazy. You learn from you learn from your experiences, and and you know I remember I would I would do a tax return and I would leave it on one of the one of my partner's desks, and I would come in the next day and it would have an F on it, like a big red pencil <laughs> F. <laughs> Do they want to be a teacher? They and I was just like, you know, and, and I think I think I got better at returns faster because I had to go figure it out myself because they weren't necessarily going to tell me where the problem yeah. was. It was kind of like, you go figure it out. So it wasn't a bad strategy. I think yeah, the, F, yeah. the F maybe is a little aggressive, but uh, passive aggressive. <laughs> was it in really? red pen too? It has it been pencil. in red Sharpie? Red, red, yeah. oh, red. God. So those were some good things. I learned a lot from that perspective and you know how a firm really works and that kind of stuff. But that was enough for me. So Don, a lot of the stuff you do is centered around motivating people in the accounting industry. Can you care to like, elaborate on how that got started? Like, is it because you need motivation yourself too? And you kind of like, and I'm not, yeah. that is not joking. That's like, no, sure. You know, yeah. Like, that's why I do this podcast is because this is the that I would want to hear. You yeah. Know? So I'm sure that you're to a certain degree, you could relate to a lot of the stuff that you say yeah. from firsthand, right? Well, and that's it. It's all, you know, I wrote that book, Doesn't Need Motivated for Accounting Professionals, because I saw the pain within the industry, you know, firsthand, obviously, 2020 was a, a just a wicked year. It was just wicked. And a lot of people got discouraged. We were, the accounting industry really was put under like the pressure of something we'd never felt before. I mean, we thought tax season was awful. Like we've been complaining about tax season forever and how busy it is and working 18 hours a day. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. What, what are you guys doing? Right. And so I said, you know, I just saw the pain in the other CPAs. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. This is insanity the expectations that are upon us with the IRS who's not responding for crap, but they have no problem sending out bills to people, but they don't, they, you know, you call and they can't work with you. They can't process amended returns. So you have frustrated clients. You've got practitioners who are just trying to do their darndest to help the people. And I just watched that. I said, guys, you don't, this doesn't have to be this bad. Like yeah. how come you guys aren't using the technology so that you don't have your butt in the seat for, you know, we don't work 40 hours a week. We just don't even when it's busy, because we just want to be, we're just productive. And how we did that was through implementation of various technologies and processes, which we talked a little bit about. And I said, I got to share this with everybody. Like, I don't want, you know, like you were saying earlier, Scott's a perfect comment about people don't want to be in competition with each other. I don't feel like I'm competing with anybody at all. You know why? You're just competing with yourself. I'm always competing with myself. Every day is a competition. Like, just like, you know, like when you're on ways. And you're driving <laughs> and it says you're going to get there at 128. And you're like, hell no, I'm going to get there at 123. 127. <laughs> that, that's what I, I get aggressive. Usually, yeah, no. I love that. I mean, like my whole thing was, I just, I am a competition. I just, everything is a competition. Absolutely. Everything is yeah. a competition. I did go to the Pats game yesterday. Hello, 50 to three, give me a break or whatever. I think it was 50 to three, whatever it ended up being. But we just, I just, 
the numbers got too high. We just couldn't keep adding more numbers onto that score. Well, you're running laps, right? Like that, that's not fun anymore. Like you want it to be competitive. That's what a competition is all about, right? Yes, it's no fun. absolutely. You don't want to just well, stomp don't... all over your competition. Well, sometimes, but you got to, really... you got to help them out, right? You got to, you got to lend them a hand. And when I talk about that, like if, if people do see other firms as competition, then at least let it be an even playing field, right? Like, yeah. you know, share your knowledge. You know, a lot of people keep their knowledge as a thought they should keep it as a secret. I don't yeah. think that's the common tongue these days. I think commonly people right. do like to share. Yeah. And I think social media has helped on that. People like you have helped on that. You well, share, just, so your app stack too, right? Like, yeah. You know, I'll everything you, you I do. Give, you're, I yeah. give my pricing list out. My pricing is awesome. on Brolin.com. Put in your email address. You'll get the pricing list with a little video explaining why I charge what I charge. You Listeners, if you're having trouble with pricing like I am, maybe you should do that. Go grab that list. <laughs> and like for me, like disengagement letters, I've got two disengagement letters up there for because I just started this new community. So I'm launching this month. But more, most importantly, is I put up there. Yeah, a little new community for people to get in there. Let's start talking. Not a Facebook group. It's going to be an exclusive community. You can join at whatever level you want. Slack or Discord. No, it's. I'm not sure. That's Gator's problem. She just tells me what to do. (laughs) I can talk to her about that. Yeah, you talk to Gator. She knows what she's doing. Two cents. Yeah, but it's like like a a simple disengagement. Oh, we love Gator. She's awesome. Yeah. I call her the GM. Like you're the DM, you're the designated motivator. I like it. Because the initials Gainer Milky, I I think she's a general manager. If you had a general manager, she would be your general manager. She would totally be. She's awesome. Yeah. She's just she's she's done amazing things for the community too. You know, I I give the content, but she puts it all together and launches it and gets it out there in the right way for people to be able to get to it. And it's, you know, I just I just see the pain in the in these, I say smaller firms. I'm sure larger firms have their own pain points are just going to be different than me. I'm a small firm. And it's, it's like, always people how do we help? as big as you get. It's always people problems. Oh, always. I was up to 10 at one point and I said, Oh my God, this is no. If like, I need runners. I need people who are going to run with me. I cannot mm. I just the babysitting annihilates my soul. My whole entire soul. Melts. Well, I like, I don't mind <sighs> teaching. I don't mind. I can relate to you. I'm at 10 right now. Yeah. I had to let two people go because they were not runners. Like, I don't want to say that out loud, but that's no, I I hear you. Like, you know, that's what happened last year. It was tough. And it's not, doesn't make them bad people has nothing to do with that. They're great. It's just how they're built. Yeah. It's how they're built. And so, you know, I feel like, like I hired Nicole who's on my team. I hired Nicole. She didn't have an accounting background, but she was a, she, the girl, I could see her work ethic. She wanted to learn. She just was ambitious about stuff. And I don't, I don't have to babysit her. And, you know, that's the key to Tracy. Tracy babysits me. Like that's her role, right? So she makes sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. And, and then, I'm, you know, if I don't answer an email and somebody's called her, she puts it in my calendar. So, hey, you got to answer this email. She and I work real well together. We communicate really well that, because I also, this is another key thing for, if you got a VA, this is, or if you don't, you're going to mm. get one. One of the key things with the VA is they are the ones client facing, right? So she's asking me to Wait, do really? something. Wait, really? Your virtual assistant is the client facing person? Mm-hmm. Too? Wow. She talks to she new client lead. I don't employee talk to or or even like just a contractor. She's an employee. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and you know, with her, it's like she's asking me to get something done because somebody's calling her numerous times because I'm not doing something. That doesn't make her look good. So I, I really try to be conscious when she says, hey, did you get to this yet? And of course, I want to say, no, I'm doing 70 other freaking things. Leave me alone. Right. Yeah. But really, yeah. I, I learned that she wasn't doing it to bug me. She was doing it because she promised something to someone. And if I didn't deliver, that makes her look bad. And I was like, I can't have that. So yeah, and I think yeah, that yeah. sometimes we don't realize, you know, like Nicole will ask me a question, whatever, and. It'll take me two days to get back to her or a week. Now I'm holding her up. And then I'm like, why didn't that get done? Well, because you didn't, I needed this from you and you didn't get it. It makes sense. And so sometimes I think we think that somebody is like on us about something. And it's it's not really because they're trying to criticize you or get all over you. They just need it done so that they can maybe move on with whatever they're doing. We just need to think about that with our people. I think we all rise and fall on other people's expectations too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just to point out like you're, you know, everything's trailing down to what 
does this person expect of me? And if you lay out the expectations clearly in the beginning, then you don't fall into the trap of he said, she said this, and I didn't do this because they they were supposed to do it. Right. And they, you know, it's all kinds of things with clients, with yep. life, with employees, with so everything. But that's a that's a good point because that'll get you out of bed. That'll, that'll rise and fall of the expectations like relationships mm-hmm. with founder. What do you think about expectations? You know, for me, it's more about getting productive, getting work done. I mean, obviously success, everybody wants to make money. I I can say that we are so efficient that at the end of April last year, we were at $360,000 in revenue with three people and we still didn't work full time. So to me, success for me personally, right at this point is my ability to be able to coach softball, spend time with my family, go on my boat. Perfect. This is awesome. This you're the reason we have these four KPIs, like these four KPIs. So one of the KPIs is time off for the owner, because that's an important metric to measure, you you Mm -hmm. know? So, so Ackerman, how do you want to, like, I've been asking it, but in a very very roundabout way, usually I share mine and then the other, the guests will share theirs. So here's the, it's four KPIs actually, not three. One of them is top line revenue, which you've said 350. Mm -hmm. Well, the that was one, just in four months. Oh, that's for four yeah, months. Yeah, we're at about seven fifty. We'll be, we'll so, we'll land around seven fifty for twenty twenty one. Headcount, which you've said is three. You've already given all your KPIs. I count so well, four time four. Okay, so four, and then um, cash to owner. So oh, I'm using profit first. Oh, okay. There you go. That's my next question because I wanted to actually get into that for uh, you know. You have a relationship with Mike Mike like you Mike's know him boy. personally. I know yeah. this is so awesome to me. Like I have five of his books in another room. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. You want to hear how we met? I do, but we got to get through these. Yes, we want to be yes. at the edge of his seat here. <laughs> yes. So let's. So wait, but we got time We're off for owner. This is so good. I know. I know. I, I, I feel like I really want to hear that. It's I like do. an art installation, and I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We'll get to the KPIs. She set later. up how she's going to tell an awesome story, and you I said, know. Nah, I'm good. I'd rather ask a weird ass question <laughs> that like. no one wants to hear. So, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Scott. Ask the weird ass question. Cash to owner. Don, what's your percentage? Like, would you, do you, I guess, would we measure this profitability percentage, or do we measure it just cash to owner? She does well, profit first. I, um, I know where What we're does at. profit like, first mean? Just tell us what profit first means. So, basically, you take this is how I, this is the way I approach it. There's f- I do five buckets. So 10 grand comes in on a Monday into the bank account, right? That needs to be allocated percentage-wise between various aspects of the business. Number one, obviously operating. So you've got to have a certain number, certain amount of operating expense funding available. Debt, if you have debt. So usually I still keep a debt account just in case. I have a profit account, which is an owner pay account. So that's money I get. That's regardless of my payroll. Then I have a payroll account. That's for payroll only. And then I have a taxes account. So I have those five buckets and I say, okay, when 10 grand comes in, I split it this way. 50% goes to payroll because we're, we're 50% payroll. 20% is for operating. I do 10% for debt, 10% for owner and 15 for taxes. So then your profit is 10%, but then you, are you also paying yourself too? I'm are on you payroll. Part of payroll. Yeah. I'm a C corp. I decided to be a C corp, obviously at 21%. I kind of like that. I don't think about the dividend part of it. Not worried about that. So yeah, 10% goes to owner's pay, which is above and beyond my regular payroll, which is nice. You know, and it accumulates Wait, pretty good. You do that. Mean, do you even 000. take dividend parts? Yeah, no. Do you do you no. even take dividend? Okay. Not currently. Okay. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. So so what what did you pay yourself last year? 150,000. Okay. So you made 225. Yeah. And you were at so We'll see what that is, that is actually like a perfect. So that's thirty percent, which is pretty. That's, that's pretty almost solid. Perfect. Yeah. That's, yes. That's, <laughs> that is so awesome. So and it's it's such an easy methodology. Like I had a call with a client last week. He was going to owe five hundred thousand dollars in taxes. Sucker. He sucked out one point two million dollars of draws out of his S corp last year. Yikes. Right. Distribution. Yeah. He paid himself four hundred thousand. So it's not like you know. I mean, he's yeah. paying himself. But I'm like, dude, you have no money left. You sucked it all out. How are you going to pay your taxes? So I'm like, dude, you can at least start with profit profit first. At least start with a tax account so that you can start putting 10% of your gross income into a tax account. Well, at that level, they can't even over withhold. Like that was always my thing with profit first is our clients yeah. were at a level where you can just over withhold and that became 
part of the profit first methodology for them was exactly take a bunch out of your check. Basically, you don't get a check. You take your yep. salary and then your taxes should be covered. Yeah, that was the account. The account was with the IRS. But that's so, you can't do that if you're making that much. Like, right. You got to right. do some kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He's a rock. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> so are you happy? You did 750. You're 30 percent owner. Sounds like you're you. happy. Is that yeah. where you want to be? What's what's kind of your future goal for your firm? Yeah. So that's a great question. So, of course, I'm set, I want to set myself up for success for succession planning. Right. So I'm figuring nine more years and then I'm done with the actual practice. And so part that's part of the reason why a tech stack is so important, because I could say to you, Jason, hey, you want to buy my firm? OK, well, guess what? Here's the key. It's a password. And you can get into everything and everything's there. There's systems in place. You know, there's a there's a pro procedure book that you can or can't follow. Don't care. But you're not going to come to my so office. And so scan. you're making yourself, you know, attractive to people who either want to buy you or if there's someone internally that wants to buy it, like exactly. you're basically is, setting something up for you to get a good multiple on your return when you go to sell. Exactly. And, and you and you know, like you kind of have a date, like, okay, nine years. So like you got to start thinking about selling it seven, eight years from now. Exactly. They, you might need some transition time. So you're yep. you're really thinking about that, which oh yes, most firms don't think about. Listen, I'm 51. I'll just put it out there. I'll be 60 years old. My dad, my, my goal was always 55. That's when my dad retired. He got a golden handshake from Pratt Whitney. So he was retired at 55. So that's been always been my goal is to do what my dad did. So I was going to retire at 55. I know it's going to take me a little bit longer. We chose to have my husband take care of kids when they were younger. We didn't really grow money in the first 10, 15 years of our marriage. We just sustained, right? We, oh. we were surviving for various reasons. So now that I'm just cranking it, I'm just like, I got nine more years in me. Let's build up a nice nest egg plus sell it. And then I've got all my speaking stuff that I have. I, I make a pretty good amount of money doing That's that like stuff That's like icing, too. right? Like maybe you didn't build up a lot of wealth, but you build up a lot of social equity to be yes. able to do the speaking stuff. And you build right. up like a following Yeah. to be able to write a book, to you know do the things that you want to do and yeah. the things that you love. And I think that oh, it sounds like you love owning a firm too and doing I do. stuff. Yeah. I love doing, I love tax work. I love, mostly love IRS representation. Give me a good agent to battle against, I'm in. Uh, and like, you know, I think that, the competitive nature, are, right? Oh, yeah. It's so fun. When, back when you used to be able to look, sit in front of an agent, we're the best. I remember this one guy, was, I was representing this couple who just decided to cut $300,000 off of their gross income because they needed to save the money, the tax money, in case they ever needed it. Yeah. Okay. Smart. That makes a lot of sense, right? Totally good strategy. <laughs> nice work. So they get audited and the attorney calls me, Brolin, I need you to keep this in the same year. I can't, you can't have them open up New Year's. That's your goal. Cannot open up New Year's. No problem. I got you. I get down and sit, sit in front of the agent and I'm like, he's you still using baby shampoo. He's so young, right? <laughs> he's not even, he's not growing a beard. He's not, he's all wet back here. And I'm like, oh my God, I own this kid. I already own him. I already know it. So went in there, you know, went through some stuff and it, it was literally an even 300 grand. And that was the only problem. So he goes away. It's like you're going into a boxing match. Like you, you're I'm already like, and like you see this guy like. I'm like, oh, Jim, he's going to pop you one time. Yeah. So he ends up going away for some training and he's like, did you find the 300 grand? And we're emailing each other. Maybe he was calling and faxing. I don't even know. Ended up on the phone with him. But he, I'm like, dude, I can't figure this. For the life of me, I've gone through this a hundred times. I can't find it. I said, you know what? Just bill these people. I'll make them pay the tax and we'll all move on. And he was like, okay. And then we get an accuracy penalty for like 20 grand. And I said, dude, that's not their fault. Their accountant didn't add stuff, right? You can't penalize them for that. And he's like, all right. Yeah, we'll take that off too. Really? I was so like, you were, you were able to use the accountant as a, as a reason? Oh, um, always. Wow, oh, that okay. guy's going okay. under the bus hard. <laughs> so usually they Unless have a default response to that. <laughs> usually the, the IRS has a default. No, it, my dad tried to do that with me. He tried to say his accountant messed something up because he messed something up. He used me as the example. And they, they sent him back a notice saying he couldn't do it. Um, my dad, well, the CPA, well, that's, was. Your, yeah. your dad should have used somebody else. called me. Yeah. I forgot what me. it was. It was, like a, yeah. it was like a. <laughs> I feel like this is a commercial and it's like. Scott's dad, CPS, like, hey, I can't figure this out. Let's call Brolin. And you're yeah. like swooping it like Tarzan. I'm like, I a, come in hard. You, like Superman. I don't even like remember the, the details. Superman, yeah. Superwoman. 
And I Wonder just Woman. blast people away. Hey, I'm just and, like, you, and you see the IRS agent and you see as the baby shampoo and you're like, I got this guy. Got this Put it back idiot. in the bathtub. Put it back in there. That's a, <laughs> I want to hear how she met this the guy from Mike Crossing. Michalowicz. She knows what I'm talking about. Okay. She knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So Mikey, That's... so I get a phone call from Intuit, I think. And they're like, hey, MSNBC is looking for somebody to come on the show. QuickBooks expert. We want to have the you go do this episode. Like, okay, I'm in. I'll do anything. So I went down. It was kind of close. It's about 45 minutes from here in this little business. And I walk on the set and the producer comes out and I meet him. Frank, he's a great dude. Comes out, we chat. And he goes, he's like, all right, well, the host is over here. And I'm like, cool. So we walk up. He's like, you know, Mike McCallis is Dawn Brolin, blah, blah, blah. You guys are going to be doing this together. Of course, we did do a couple of bridesmaid scenes in the basement. We did you know, walk through a couple of those because everyone thinks I look like Melissa McCarthy, which is fine. It's totally okay, I cool. wasn't going to say it, but it's true. That's it's so it. true. Yes. I never even yeah. noticed it till you said it. Okay. Yeah, cool. Melissa McCarthy. Do you know how much money she's made on my ideas? I I had already, I came up with the boss. I came up with when she took her kid back to college. I, I had all, so here's what, I'm going to mark my words right here. She so great minds up. think alike, right? Like I think yes. that's obviously like you you know you're onto something if other people are doing the <laughs> that you've come up with. I think it's true, a, and I'm telling I've you what she's. Yeah. This is what's coming next. I mark my words. Stepsisters, that is going to make money because stepbrothers was so funny. Oh, she's, she's going to do stepsisters. Yes, she's going to do it. Yes. I already know it, and, and she's, she's going to make all it. that money. And she's not even. So why don't you in. do like a parody of it before it comes out and be like the do a parody commercial for stepsisters and you can be the Melissa McCarthy. You know, oh my god, like, I should um, do that. I'll talk yeah. to Gainer about that. We will make a video. Do it before, yeah. Do it before she does it, and then have somebody else have Gainer be like the Gwyneth Paltrow or something or yeah. that, and then you two can be stepsisters. That would be funny as hell. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So <laughs> oh. Jason, onto the story. So I go up and I meet Mike, and I looked at him and and I I was like. So when do we make out? That's all I said to him. <laughs> like, Mike, when do we, when do we make out? Like, when does that happen? And he just, that was it. Brother and sister from that moment forward. And he and I, oh my God. So I did, I did go to a book. He did like his book training, how to write a book down in did Florida. Did you make so out? We didn't make out. No, but I kicked his uh, pinball. He is not oh. a good pinball player. He likes to claim it, but he's not. I mean, I, I bust on him all the time. He probably Anyways, enjoys so pinball, but he's not good at he, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and that's how I met Mike McCallitz. And he and I have been like brother and sister for since like that moment. We Couple are buddies. Yeah. He's a great dude. He's a good person. He really cares about people. So yeah, that's how I met Mike. So what are you doing to prepare yourself for this nine years from now? Like what, what do you see that you need to do so you can get the highest price in nine years? What's make, your goal? Definitely make sure I continue increasing my prices every year. That's key because, you know, making 750 this year, I don't want to do the same work and make the same money. I need to make more money. You know, and of course, I'm, I'm very sensitive to the, the whole inflation situation that we're in right now. So I don't want to, I don't want to hurt the, the clients that I have. But at the same time, the work that we do and on, the on demand that we're, that we are under on a regular basis. There's no reason people shouldn't increase their prices every year. That's just my, and I'm not saying, you know, jack it up 500 bucks, but start to creep. If you're not creeping yet, you better start being creeping. Like, it's right. so how much are you going up? For somebody that hasn't done that, I suggest a 20% increase to start at least. Yeah. yeah. Across no, the board, I agree. Well, so that's like for me. So we're, you know, if I'm doing a $400, let's say four, 435, let's do five, 400 to be easy. We're going up 80 bucks. Like that's about, yeah. that's about a fair, it's a fair increase. And I haven't increased in a couple of years. You know, I haven't, I haven't increased my, my fees and representation's definitely going up. Cause I, that's what I'm really good at. Like I know I've had two clients so far go to jail all on their own accord, not my clients. They were referrals. Okay. Let's get that straight. Mm -hmm. But I mean, all the other resolution work that I've done, I have been able to get people out of it. Cause I, I think it's not only you being smart, it's also being strategic and under be, having a certain personality that can work with these agents. And it's like, I'm going to be their best friend until they become not my best friend. And so, you know, in the first phone call, second phone call, what, whether you've got somebody that you can't push or someone that you can. So how do you price the IRS representation engagements? All by the hour. Because you never know. It's kind of like, like you buy a house and you go to rehab it. You open up the wall. You have no idea what's inside of it. And IRS representation is that way. Because you never, you just don't know what they have for information, what they don't have 
what kind so of how much are you charging get? per hour? Three seventy five, but I'm going to four hundred this year. That yeah, is you should, so you refreshing. Should, you to should hear. be at like nine hundred. I should be at thousand at least. <laughs> well, no, no, no that's went, just refreshing to hear. Like what that you are charging hourly for some stuff, but fixed fees for others. Like that hybrid model, and I'm saying that out loud because I, you know, Ackerman has has said to me all last year, you're tracking time of your people, but you're not billing by the hour. You'll eventually bill by the hour. I think I will for some things. I think that's we're going to have a hybrid model. <laughs> Scott's actually it's, regressing. He's like Benjamin Button. Like I don't he's think gonna I'm going to go back. He's going to be more profitable. Hat. He's going to be wearing a top no, hat. It's in really about hard two to years. price that stuff up front. Like that's the kind of thing that is so hard to price up front if you don't know the scope and you know it could be endless. Yeah, you know you well, can't just charge too much. You can't charge ten grand for something that it might not be that much. You know, like it's yeah. not fair to the client I, too. I always take a retainer up front. Depending on what type of case, it's a min- always a minimum of twenty five hundred. It's never less than that. It's a minimum sure. of twenty five hundred. Um, some cases, if it's going to be, if it's a criminal case, it's ten grand right up the t- off the rip. And then yeah. once they get within like two grand, I'm like, I need another ten grand. If I and I yeah, know, that's I mean, if happening. they're if they're in a criminal case, I mean, they're going to pay whatever because that's like very. We serious. got we've gotten a couple <laughs> of people out of out of criminal issues. Uh, we did one job. It was a hundred twenty five thousand dollar job. This was back when I had 10 people working for us, but I had like three people on this one job and it really wasn't criminal at all. You know, sometimes you know what you're representing somebody that's criminal investigation and they're guilty. Like you just know it. You're like, yeah, you jacked that up, man. Like, hello. <laughs> and then, you know, those that are, you know, they can't, you just can tell that the number one, I had this one, this one with 125 grand. He had loans that he took. We had loan documents and the accountant counted his income. Here's where, you know, there's an issue. He charged $1,200 a month. Guy had, 21 entities and he, I'm sorry, 12, $1,200 a year, a hundred bucks a month per entity and did the books for all these entities. And they, it was just all wrong. I mean, all wrong. You get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. And we were like, <laughs> dude, we will be here at, we'll be, but they, I'm like, you got to pay me every week. Take a retainer up front, but then you got to pay me every single week. The day you don't pay me, my work ends. And that's the deal. And they, and they were, we were just very upfront about it. And that's how you got to be. But yeah, you got to charge by the hour for some of that stuff. You just don't know. Yeah. What about what do you guys well, charge for uh, calling the IRS? If you got to call those freaking people, all we do is usually put five hundred dollars. Usually, people are paying us an audit protection or something like that, and then we'll just do it. But yeah. uh, you know, we're not we're not doing a whole lot of it. Like at least with us, we we don't do that much representation yeah. because we just don't see it come up enough people aren't seeking us out for that either and i think that's you know you've made a name for yourself that's like your vertical that's your niche yeah i love it you know the irs representation so you're putting ads out for that i'm sure some way you know you're um, yeah so well and other practitioners that's one of the things i tell people they're like well what how do i market how are you doing this and i'm like well number one i connected with tax attorneys and other cpas other certified forensic accountants, certified yeah. fraud examiners, you know, a lot of times these jobs are too big or there's a specialty, like I just know QuickBooks, right? So there's some CFEs and CFAs who just don't even know how to get the reports out or how to do much of anything in QuickBooks. So they look to me and I'm like, no problem. Still the same rate, man. Just cause I'm not, you know, writing an opinion letter or doing something else. You got a fixed fee. It's three seventy five an hour people. I don't care if yeah. I'm reconciling a bank account or I'm, you know, solving global Soon warming. to be 400. Soon to be Soon 400. To be 400. Yep. I like that. You just got to yeah. be, you, you know, and I just found for me, I had to figure out what I love to do. And I did bookkeeping, payroll, sales tax. Oh, gross. <laughs> that stuff is gross to me. Oh, well, we still do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just, I, I, like, I like doing the that cringe. Though. Oh, you yeah. see, but that's, and that's okay. I'm not saying like it's a belittling service. What I'm saying is about No, it's just not your thing. Just not your thing. It's just not my thing. I love to solve a problem. Like I feel like I'm a an accounting cop. Like I'm doing Ooh. instead of blood spatter, I'm dealing with number splatter. You know, <laughs> and I'm solving crime. Have you worked this I'm- one out? Yeah, this is a good one. I like this. Now, this is a Melissa McCarthy movie right here. Yes. Dude, I have number a, splatter. I, number number splatter. splatter. I have a bullet. I see Dawn working at Flowcast Studios making a new show. At I Flowcast can see you Studios. walking into yeah. you. You walk into like a uh, room. And there's just numbers everywhere. And you're like, oh, we got this. This is bad, but I'm going to handle it. Okay, we got to wrap this up. The last KPI that Scott alluded to was time off. Yes. So it sounds like you have a good work-life balance. So how do you make sure that you, 
Look at this. Show yeah, the how book. do you have time to write a book, right? So, so tell us kind of how yes. you've made sure that you keep your life balanced. Yeah. yeah, 2018, I actually was able to get in the dugout. I, I played softball at the local university. The the head coach was a former player, like ball player, my my teammate, and we won a national championship in 1990. So you know, we she'd been coaching there for about 14 years at that point, and she, we were just like, we got to bring this championship mindset back to like we got to get this together. What's the problem? So she said, Hey, you want to coach with me? And I was like, you know, it's tax season, right? Like I can't take tax season off. And then I was, I slept on it for like a week. And I said, you know what? Screw this. Who's no one. I don't have a boss. I'm the boss. I can do what I want to do. And I said, I'm going to go do that. And so I, I decided to coach, you know, we have practice at three o'clock, you know, four nights a week. Usually on Mondays off, but the rest of the week where we have games, we have away games, we go to Florida for spring training, we do all this stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And if it means I have to work a little bit more, I'll do it because I get to have this life. If I design your life, that's a good book I read recently. Design your life and you create your own constraints when you do that. And you create your constraints to be able to do the client work when you can, but you're not going to take on too much because you know you got other responsibilities. Well, you know, it's like, it's the whole mindset of, I know if I got to, if I have to go to, we have practice at three o'clock, I'm in this office by eight, sometimes nine, lately been 10. I like to have my time in the morning. And so I get in here and I'm, I don't open my email. That's not the first thing I do. You know what I do? I go and look in carbon to see what tax returns are ready to go. Cause Tracy makes sure everything's there before I even get started. And I said, my focus, my job is to accomplish these tax returns. And I have till three. And so I laser focus on those returns because nine times out of 10, I don't want to come back to the office after practice. You know, now it's five thirty, six o'clock. I want to go have dinner, you know, Monday night football, Thursday night football. We don't have that in the spring, but whatever, <laughs> whatever I want to do doesn't matter. And so I just made a decision and then I really laser focus. You have, that's the key is the distractions that are around you all the time, cell phones, emails, phone calls, people walking in the office. I shut the door and I'm like, nobody bother me for six hours. I'll get to you later. And that's that was a game changer for me. And I don't miss anything. I don't. Uh, I you don't miss it. a beat. That's yeah. amazing. Don, you got a lot of attention. Melissa McCartney Brolin, this yeah, has this been is... fantastic. Well, Don, no, share, share where people can find you. And Well, yes. And, well, yeah. So DonBrolin.com, just kind of everything about my world is there. And then uh, obviously on Twitter, at DonBrolin, I'm there. LinkedIn, Facebook. I don't post too much on Facebook, honestly, which could be good or bad. This is the way I've positioned myself. I've got the DonBrolin.com, designated motivator, all that stuff that I want to be able to to help people forever. Like that's not the central. Just, yeah. That's right. Your so hub. that's yeah. the hub there. But powerful accounting has its own website is its own thing. And I want that to be totally separate. So it has its own social media and stuff like that, but not oh, you know, cool, really cool, pump cool. it up too much because I get referrals. Oh, who's, from, how could you be everywhere at once? Right. Like, how could you, know? you? I want my, I want the uh, designated motivator community to be able to help people forever. Like that's something that I hope that I could teach other people how to be designated motivators and then they can be the designated motivator and I'll, float off into the into the ocean with i love it yacht well that's yeah that's the yacht that's that's the <laughs> intent of the book right so designated yeah. motivator accountants maybe a designated motivator for attorneys a designated motivator for paralegal yep. no that's the same thing well <laughs> but still designated motivator for designated college motivator students for plumbers yeah moms dads shops. i mean yeah whatever you want you know but it's really just about helping people and helping them find their inner best and that was that was what happened in that 2019 softball season was that these kids were 500 the year before there was 500 was there like they were just 50 50 and they were like what's our goal this year oh well you know if we could just get over 50 percent, we get to 60 percent. and i'm like oh god no okay this is a technical <laughs> foul like right i'm gonna throw some of you out of the game right now like we're either going for it or we're not and they ended up third in the nation and and it wasn't because of me it was because of someone who believed in them and brought out everything good about who they were who they are as people, right? You got to go. So I got to go. Anyway, I love this. Thank you, Don. (laughs) Don, you guys, you've been amazing. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shop operations at accounting. Hi, class is in 
session it. Time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session it. Time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session it. Time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, kids. Do you like operations? It's Wednesday accounting. Hi, talking systems and processes. Talking shop about operational balances, accounting, workbench to workflow challenges. Hybrid teams for Pete's sake. I'm trying to manage through screens, but I can't figure out what Zoom windows my next meeting. And Dr. K says, Acuity uses EOS. Uh-huh. Entrepreneurial operating system. Well, since 2012, my firm's been in the cloud. Join us as we go deep. I'll try not to run it to the ground. We're sharing profit and loss and managing back office. Attack staff just quit. Tried to hire on LinkedIn. No luck. And scope creep team count cast. Automate tax, compliance transactions, ID and bottlenecks. Come on, ops. Scotty, wait a minute. It's my firm, dog. I know, and I said you could run it however you want. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi, class is in session. It's time for shopperations at accounting. Hi.